The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Very active starting a business. It takes a lot of gumption. I really want to dig in deep, figure out what makes these people tick, how they are leveraging their success to make the rest of the world a better place. You know, maybe have a couple of giggles along the way. From the Pod 617 studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Kilroy Report, the podcast that shares the stories of entrepreneurs and agency owners doing extraordinary things in an ordinary world. Now here's your host, Tim Kilroy. Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome to the Kilroy Report, where we talk to amazing entrepreneurs who are building extraordinary businesses in an ordinary world. And I am super, super happy to be here with Dana Lindahl from, from Legendary Podcasts. And go ahead. Hey, Tim. <laughs> Thanks for having me here. I'm really glad to be here. I almost cut you off with jumping in too quick. Yeah. And Legendary Podcasts, so just so we're, we're clear, is you help businesses and business owners sort of increase their reach and their own brand by booking them on super duper podcasts, right? Podcasts yeah. are relevant and spot on. Yeah. And I think we're both sold here on the idea that, you know, podcasts are great for both the host and the guest for exposure and engagement and getting new leads and things like that. So that's what we help our customers to do is we help them go on a podcast tours, get their message out there to the world, put themselves in front of new audiences and put the message that they have to share in front of those new audiences to win new customers. Yeah. And so, and yes, obviously I'm a podcast fan. You know, I have one, even though I, I wish I were like more regular about it, but you know, I really do think that there is something inherently valuable be- with people who you know, in the professional sense, who are really at the top of their game, sort of discussing interesting, relevant topics that people can learn from. I think it's super cool. It's it's pretty delightful, actually. So let me ask you, we're on the topic of podcasts. So a lot of people have just have what Clubhouse is like, you know, real-time podcasts. And how do you think about the choice of, or the the similarities between Clubhouse and and podcasting? So there's obviously a lot of similarities and I'm a big fan of Clubhouse and I'm really excited to see where they take the app and particularly how long they stay around or you yeah. know, what they transform into in a couple of years. I think it's really good, especially for sometimes more sensitive topics or for the types of things where you don't want it to be like really easy for people to go back and, and review over and over again. Cause there's definitely the types of things where people get off on a tangent. They might, you know, start sharing some things that are, are valuable and relevant, but they don't want this to be, you know, recorded and saved forever for yeah. people to be able to come back around and listen to. Whereas that's actually a huge benefit of, of podcasts, yeah. you know, in the yeah. traditional sense is that you can do it on your own time. You don't need to, you know, because I follow people on Clubhouse that are across the world. And, you know, a lot of times that great content happens when I'm in bed. And yeah. so, you know, there's a lot of benefits in that, you know, the spur of the moment brings on different sort of conversation topics. And, you know, because people are able to participate live in the podcast, it can be very useful as well. I'm obviously biased in that I still do prefer podcasts just for their convenience factor of being able to, you know, control when I'm listening and be able to go back and rewind right. something. Right. And that is something that, that I think that is, is the, is the key element for me anyways, in terms of my use of podcasts. Like I listen to podcasts when 
I'm out walking the dog or exercising or that whatever, you know, stuff when I'm not actively doing something or when I am actually doing something else. Whereas I think Clubhouse demands sort of real-time attention. Yep. And I'll be honest, like I'm out of real-time attention. Like I, I don't have any, like I'm so busy doing the things that I do. I'm not sure that I've got enough time in my day to sort of uh, work around somebody else's schedule when they say they're going to go live about something else. It's the inconvenience of a live webinar without the convenience of a replay. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. And, you know, I've been in this situation before where I was out for a walk in a park and I was listening to something on Clubhouse and someone approached me and I needed to have the conversation. And I was sort of battling internally of like, the speaker on the clubhouse room was getting to like a good point. And I was, do I ignore this person who's here in front of me right now? Or do I miss the part that I've been, you know, listening to for the past five minutes and it's been building up to, you know, this important point. And, you know, socially it was pretty hard to tell the person in front of me, like, no, hold on. I got something more important going on in the AirPods here. Right. Right. Which, which by the way, everybody, when you do that, everybody thinks you're a total jackass. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right. So, so, so I know that, you know, previously in your, your life, you did lead gen and and a bunch of other stuff. How did you settle on, on sort of facilitating podcast connections as the, as, as the right service for you? Like, tell me about, about that journey. So for us, it was actually a bit of a COVID-related pivot. So we had already been leading up to COVID, getting a little bit down on the lead gen industry as a whole, just sort of seeing how people were really using LinkedIn improperly, spamming each other. And, you know, the I always point to this quote that a rising tide lifts all ships, but the opposite is also true at the same time. So yeah. when everyone's out there doing bad outreach, people who are doing good outreach Yes, you know, not as well received because they're just people are so inundated with bad messages. So, you know, I point this the cause of this to be to primarily the, you know, expansion and lowering of price and automation tools that make it really easy for people to spend 30 bucks a month, just spam their their whole target market, you know, think, oh, well, it's only 30 bucks a month. So I don't need to put much effort into this one. So we started to see that already in 2019 Then 2020 came along and a lot of businesses started to lose their revenues and, you know, their clients canceled on them and everyone got desperate and this behavior got even worse. And we started taking a look at it and realized we're not enjoying starting off every conversation with hold on, hold on. We're not one of those kinds of lead gen companies, yeah. you know, because we've always taken a much more personalized and professional approach to it rather than just blasting messages out there to see what sticks. So we are already looking to, you know, not leave the lead gen space entirely, but we wanted to be, you know, kind of building a better moat around our company. Yeah. And as we saw the, you know, the trends that were happening in COVID with people working from home and, you know, creating more content remotely, we could just see that the podcasting space was going to blow up even more than it already has been in the past half a decade or so. And we decided to focus our our energy over there because the the process for podcast bookings is fairly similar to a lot of the skills that my team and I have taken on and learned over the years. You know, it's a lot of copywriting. It's a lot of research to find the right types of, of leads. And, you know, in this case, podcasts, how to find anybody's email address how to get a response out of almost anybody, even if they have no idea who you are. So we took all of those skills and applied it to the podcasting space and realized in doing so that actually this strategy for a company like ours 
brought so much more alignment in between our customers and the people that mm-hmm. we were reaching out to. So in the past, in a sales outreach scenario, a lot of things need to be in alignment already for it to work. You know, that the person on the other end yeah. needs to have a need for what you sell. And beyond that, they need to actually know that they have that need and recognize that need is a pain point for them. They need to have the budget. It needs to be something that's top of mind for them. They need to you sure. know, trust you when you reach out because you're reaching out and trying to sell them something. So it's certainly possible to get that alignment, but it can be much more difficult. Whereas in the, the podcasting scenario, hosts are constantly looking for great high quality guests because they know the need to be consistently producing content that's going to keep their audience engaged. And it's not easy to keep your roster full, especially if you're, you know, if you're not one of the top podcasts in the world, but you're doing okay. It's still, you know, a part-time job, keeping your podcast going and keeping guests. So the guests or the, the hosts, they always want high quality guests. Guests want to share their message. They want to utilize the audience of the host to get their message out there and heard by the rest of the world. And they don't want to have to go through all the pain of producing the episode and, you know, editing it and and doing all the things that go along with it. So that's one thing that we found is that it's just the alignment between the two people that were facilitating something between already exists. And it's a much easier process for us. And it's also a much more fulfilling one for our clients as well. Because when people buy leads, they're basically buying hope that one of these leads is going to turn into a sale. And they, you know, the good companies don't just leave it all up to hope. They, you know, try to influence the process along the way. But leads don't necessarily mean sales. And podcasts don't necessarily mean sales either. But there's a very real and concrete thing that you're getting through, you know, being on a podcast, you're getting that exposure. Yeah, you're right. getting a piece of right. content that can be repurposed into right. a dozen different types of things. You're getting a new relationship with a podcast host who, you know, most podcast hosts are not lazy and unmotivated people. They don't right. start podcasts if they were. So it, there's a lot of benefits just in the simple appearance compared yeah. to, you know, just the simple introduction to, you know, a warm prospect. Right. So, you know, in the startup world, everybody's like, they think about investment because they get to play with OPM, other people's money. But like the real benefit, I think, of guesting on podcasts is you get access to OPA, other people's audiences, right? You know, and so that that is a, it's sort of a pretty authentic way to, you know, sort of functionally get your message and your, you know, your opportunity and your way of thinking into somebody else's audience, just like we're doing right now, because my audience doesn't know you. Exactly. But they will. By the end of this, they'll definitely know why. Yeah, because we're spending some some quality time together. All right, so so let's do this. Let's think about this in in two ways. So for a podcaster, what makes a great guest? So a great guest is somebody who, first of all, the non-negotiable is you need to have good audio. Meaning, don't record this on your AirPods. You know, get a decent mic yep. because. Listeners or, you know, the audience, they can fight through some bad video if you're doing a video podcast, but there's no, you know, fighting your way through just bad crackling audio that doesn't sound good. That's, that's, that's true. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing that, that hosts are looking for. Uh, hosts also want to feel comfortable that you're going to show up and actually have something interesting to say. And that's why we always recommend suggesting a couple of topics to the host. It makes a little, th- it makes things a little bit easier on their end as well to, you know, they might not agree with the topic outright and they may want to, you know, brainstorm with you a little, but at least get, it gives them an idea into 
what it is you think would make a good topic of discussion for the show so that they can tell if you're on the same wavelength or not. Right. And the other biggest thing is we always tell our, our customers, don't pitch yourself on this podcast. You know, there's nothing worse for a host than someone who comes on and spends 20 to 40 minutes just, you know, going on about their company and how great they are and why people should hire them because it doesn't create. Right. And my link's down here, like here, click on the <laughs> link. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that people don't get is that there's you know, lots of people do get it, but, you know, the types of people who come on a podcast and will promote themselves throughout the entire thing is you can promote yourself without promoting yourself, you know, tell good stories, you, you know, say wow. things that the audience wants to hear that also paints you in a good light and people will actually receive it better than if you're just outright telling them how great you are, because that puts people's guard up and, you know, they just want to story-based anything. Okay. Key to so, so let's let's take a deep breath here and tell me a story. <laughs> All right. So we have a customer. He is a fractional CFO, yep. uh, but he's also a marketing guy. And these are two skill sets that don't often live in Never, the same ever. at the same time. But this is the guy. Uh, he's called the marketing CFO. And uh, so we've been touring him around for the past eight or nine months or so. And... We like to, I'll also throw in a bit of our strategy into this story as well. Yeah. We like to get our customers placed on podcasts that are only maybe tangentially related to their area of expertise, but so they come on and talk about their actual area of expertise. And this means that they're not talking about things that are just in a vacuum. We don't want him going around to marketing podcasts to talk about marketing. That would be boring. We don't want him going on accounting podcasts to talk about accounting. That would actually be kind of interesting quite interesting to a bunch of accountants, I think. Yeah. Uh, but the point being is that we want to put them on marketing shows to talk about accounting. So that the things yeah. that he was talking about are, you know, he's getting himself in front of a new audience for one, but the message that he's putting out there to that audience is actually unique and novel to them. It's not something that they're already living on a day-to-day basis. Okay. So, and, so, you know, so you're trying to find the, you're trying to find like the white, the, the white space, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, make sure that when people hear him, they're not only saying, oh, well, here's a new person that I don't know, but I didn't know any of this stuff that he's talking about. Like, this is all really interesting to me. I want to find out more. You know, if he goes on marketing podcasts to talk about marketing, oftentimes the listeners will think that they know more than he does sure. because yeah. that's why they're listening to marketing podcasts. So through this strategy, he's put himself out there in front of a number of different industries and it's led to quite a number of inquiries into, hey, we're not quite at the point where we are ready to hire a full-time CFO. Yeah, we need yeah. someone to come in once a week. And we've never heard anyone talk about the things that you're talking about. Yeah. And we were just listening to that for, for marketing tips. Like, yeah, and yeah. So that's, that's great. That's fantastic. And, you know, other than the audio quality and the, you know, the having something to say, is it, are you matching up? or tell me about this, are you matching up, you know, people with a bigger audience with focused podcasts or are you, or do you think about getting people who have focused expertise in front of a bigger audience, which like, what's the best strategy there? So, you know, should I, should I be working super hard, you know, to, to get on uh, whatever, you know, entrepreneurs on fire or, or, you know, should I be thinking, well, like, who is the guy who's, t- again, I work with agency owners, you know, who is the guy or, or the person that, you know, is super, you know, influential in with agency owners, but not about agency growth? Sorry, there's a lot of questions <laughs> wrapped up in there. Yeah, no, really, really, like only two, you know, should, is, 
as 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 a podcast guest, should I be thinking I've got to get in front of the biggest audience I possibly can, or is your strategy of putting me in front of a tangential audience better? Gotcha. I do find that both are are good strategies. It's oftentimes much simpler and easier to get yourself on a handful of tangentially related podcasts than it will be to get yourself onto one very large podcast in your, your space. And oftentimes the cumulative benefits of those five to 10 podcasts can be larger than that one. The one can certainly exist to serve a great purpose for you because it's got a a huge audience, but there's other sort of spillover effects of the podcasting as well that make, you know, sometimes going on somewhat smaller shows in a higher volume, a better strategy than just trying to get yourself on the biggest show that you can find. For example, any podcast that, you know, hosts itself on its website outside of just, you know, being only on Apple or only on Stitcher, generally they're going to provide you with a backlink to your website. So we actually have customers who want to do at least one podcast every day, Monday through Friday. And some of them are like launching books and they have a a real reason to be doing such an aggressive tour. Some of them are doing it only for the SEO benefit because they're getting all these backlinks and for their investment for these high domain rank websites, they spend 45 minutes and they, you know, spend our placement yeah. feed to us right. to basically just get backlinks all day, every day. And that's a great strategy for them too. It's hard to say which one is actually better because you could get on, you know, a really relevant industry related podcast. Yeah. That's, you know, one of the top in its category. And that could just lead to a massive amount of, of inquiries and, you know, people reaching out and finding out how you can help them or, you know, downloading your lead magnets and, and entering your funnel. Right. Or you could get that same amount of people after having done, you know, five episodes that have 20% of the reach of the large episode. So I think that it really depends. And I think that both are are worth doing for our clients. We do try to place them on the largest shows that we can. And those are also mixed in with medium-sized shows that have, you know, engaged and and captive audiences as well. For most people in the agency to B2B space, it doesn't take a huge amount of customers or clients to really have a positive effect and uptick in the business. So, you know, a thousand listeners, if, you know, you're saying the right thing to them could lead to, you know, five, six, seven clients, you know, just from people listening in. Okay. So if I am, if I am an aspiring podcast guest, how do I make myself really attractive to podcasters? So you need to speak to what they're looking for. And some of those is kind of the reverse of, of the question earlier is what are podcast hosts looking for? The thing that I can really say is the worst mistake that people make when trying to do their own podcast outreach is they focus it entirely on themselves. And that's the biggest mistake that people make when they do any type of outreach is that this isn't about you, you know, absolutely. you got to get out of your own head and thinking that everybody cares so much about you and what you're doing. But a lot of people reach out and basically their pitch is, you know, Hey, I love your show. I'd love to be on it. I'm really a big fan. It would make me so happy if I could come on. And as a podcast host, like they're thinking, oh, that's great that you like my show and that you'd love to come on, but like, what's in it for me? What's in it for my audience, more importantly? So the biggest things are make sure that you put yourself out there and that you have something important to say. You don't need to write a long paragraph. In fact, that works against you if you're writing long paragraphs about all the things that you want to say. 
sure, put sure. in bullet points about, you know, the types of topics you have in mind, you know, it doesn't even need to be as fleshed out as a, a full on yeah. title because the, the host is probably going to want more creative control over something like the title, but have ideas and things that makes it easy for the host to say, okay, you look like a great guest and the topic you suggested is great. Let's get you booked in rather than, you know, okay, right. Well, you look all right, you know, so, let's have a think about what we could talk about and then I'll get back to you, you know? Right. Uh, and I think, you know, I know that it's really hard when you're doing, let's be honest, you know, getting onto a podcast, like, you know, that is a sale that you are making, right? And the, you know, the currency that you get, you know, from that exchange is access to, you know, to other people's audience, right? So, so this really is a transaction. And when you're trying to generate any sort of transaction or any sort of relationship, talking about yourself is kind of a suboptimal strategy, right? Yeah, but it's the go-to for most people because, you know, if I put a piece of paper in front of you and tell you to write something, you're probably going to write something about yourself because it's your topic of highest level of familiarity. And, you know, with business owners and, and coaching people for writing outreach templates and in cold emails over the past decade, I'll sit down with people and tell them like, look, this is the first thing you need to do is not talk about yourself focus yep. on the other person and, and what they're looking for. And then I get something back to review and it's all about them because that's just what the human brain defaults to wanting to do. You don't know too much about this other person yet to, to say something about them directly. So you don't need to necessarily flatter them or say things to them that are not true or that you couldn't possibly know or try to over-personalize your email or anything like that. Just focus on the things that most podcast hosts are, are looking for and not on yourself. And the other thing that podcast hosts are really looking for that you can always do to make yourself stand out from all the people who are doing it poorly is make it very clear you're going to promote this and tell them how much of a following you have. And if you don't have much of a following, focus on wherever you do have the biggest following, whether it's your email list, whether it's your LinkedIn, somewhere you have a following. And if you don't, start building one up because that's what people want to see. They don't okay. want to just be right. so content and be in a one-sided promotion. Right. So you get, so, so if, in addition to being interesting as the price of admission to get in front of other people's audience, you have to reciprocate, right? You have to be willing to put that podcast in front of, in front of their audience, which of course I know you're going to do about this podcast, right? Obviously. Yes. Of course. Okay. Thank goodness. Like holy guacamole. I mean, that's the only reason I'm talking to you so that you can get me a bazillion more subscribers. <laughs> well, we definitely walked the walk. So we'll definitely be Good. posting it. Good. So, so, you know, if I'm, so if I'm going to be a D DIYer and try to do podcast booking on my own, which I'm guessing is a necessary step before you think, oh my goodness, I need to hand this off to the professionals, uh, especially if you're at early stage. How do I know who the, like the right, the, who my, the, if I identify a podcast that I like, or that I think I could be on, how do I know who their audience is? How do I know that I can present something of value to that audience? So I always recommend listening to a few episodes if you're trying to figure this out and get a feel for how the host is talking and how they're speaking to their audience. You can have a look through the reviews and see, you know, what sort of people are, are listening and reviewing it. If those sort of people are not in your target market at all, it's not that there's no benefit of going on the show, but you might want to focus some of your attention on, you know, places where you can see that the, the people who are leaving reviews or interacting with them on social media are people who are 
you know, at least related to what you do in some way or could use your help or use your advice. All right. Okay. Now let's flip back to being a podcast host. So if I am not big enough to, to attract the, you know, the attention of either a booking agency or service like yours, and I still want to get great guests, how do I recruit guests that are awesome? So one good strategy is to let people know when you're recording the show that you're actually in search of of new guests. If you're okay with your audience knowing that you're looking for guests, then that's a great way to do it. Similar, like, you know, a lot of companies will hire from their customer base because they're familiar with the product. They're familiar with, you know, in this case, they're familiar with the cadence of the show and how you like to do things. So that's one really good way to do it. Lots of podcasts will also have an application form somewhere on their website and spell out really clearly what it is that they're looking for in a guest. And sometimes you just need to go out and and do outreach to your, your ideal guest type, you know, figure out exactly who is going to be the type of person who can share a story or or has the experience that you want to highlight on your show. And, you know, it's actually much simpler to place guests onto your own podcast than it is to place a guest onto somebody else's podcast. You know, people, they feel honored when you reach out to them and say, yeah. Hey, All right. Okay. So, so let's do a little exercise. So you know what this podcast is about, right? And my audience is entrepreneurs and, and agency founders. And so let's say, you know what? I would love to have Snoop Dogg on my podcast because I'm pretty sure, you know, that he has got something good to say to my audience. So you know, how would I go about that? So like I go to, you know, put in like uh, Snoop Dogg at gmail.com. Right. And then, you know, and then what's my subject line? How do I position myself as like, holy moly, like, you know, this is like, this is such a good fit. And even though I am not anywhere near your level, I still have something to give to you. Yeah, with Snoop Dogg specifically, you might want to like offer him some free medical weed or something <laughs> to get yeah, him into the you building. Know, I'm guessing that he has like, you. Uh, why would you offer something that he has an abundance? That's true. Yeah, so, uh, actually... we have to. We have to like you know, uh, you know, for Snoop Dogg, it would be you know, I will make a giant donation to your flag football, uh, you know, program or whatever, right? But you know, but you know, you can take it away. I'm being ridiculous with Snoop Dogg, but if I want to reach out to somebody that is maybe more prominent than I am or has a bigger audience, you know, how do I position myself so that it's worth their while? Yeah. So it's a really good question. The good thing is that people who, you know, are in this position still have egos. They're still driven by the same things that they drive you and I. So that's usually the best way to go about it is to try to, you know, appeal to their sense of, you know, I'm important and people respect me and they respect my opinion. So it probably wouldn't be the best strategy to lead with like, here's our download numbers and, and here's yeah, you know, how right. many you know, 88 downloads last month. Woo! Yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> that's not going to entice somebody in. One thing that we do find very, very smart to do is to make up front that you like to partner with the people who you bring onto your podcast and there's always lots of opportunities for people to be able to work together, you know, swap their lists, because even if you don't have a, a big podcast listenership yet, you might have a, a large list of, of subscribers in your main business, finding out ways that you can potentially do business and, and make money together before you even come on the podcast is a great way 
to, yeah. you know, get people going, okay, that would work. And yeah, let's make some content together. Outside of that, we often find that podcast hosts that are just starting out, they can get guests and, you know, punch a little bit above their weight by talking about their plans before the show and where they're taking it, other names of guests that they've had lined up. Right. Or... So, so basically, to, you know, create fake social proof, right? Not necessarily fake social proof, but, you know, make sure that it's not just, hey, we started this podcast. We're really excited to see where it's going to go. But like, hey, we started this podcast. Here's our plan for it. And here's, you know, what we're going to be doing in the next six months with it. And that's also something that makes things really attractive to people who might not just want to come on any old podcast, but they can see because most podcasts don't make it past about 25 episodes. They right. just fizzle out and they, they die and nobody really wants to commit the time to something that they know won't be receiving attention in as yeah, little as a sure. few months. Yep. Okay. So to be a responsible podcast guest to flip back. So if I'm going to promote this, you know, if I'm going to promote my appearance on a podcast, how do I do that without being like, oh my God, look at me. Hello. You know, because that's sort of how it comes across you know, you can be like, you know, you can be cool and say like, hey, I just had a great conversation with Joe and his podcast, you know, but that's not like, that's like incidental name dropping, right? And that's not really promotion, but how do you sort of hit that fine line between, you know, the, like the cool way to do it and the grossly self-promotional, please look at me, you know, like the, you know, the person who wants to dance in the middle of the floor at the wedding, you know, that. So we find this to be a really good time for, for content repurposing. And it still does come off as, you know, promotional, but also valuable at the same time. Yeah. So what we like to do, and we do this for our customers as well, is we help them to create audiograms and other pieces of content that we've repurposed from the episode. So for example, even if the, the yeah, episode. What, what's an audiogram? Uh, so an audiogram would be uh, a video that would be, not actually a video. So it would really have like a picture of the graphic of the the logo of the podcast, maybe our two faces Mm -hmm. together. And then there's going to be an audio clip and likely an equalizer graphic that's going up and down with the person's voice. Something like that works really well. Oftentimes podcasts will be audio only, but the host and the guest will perform it on video so that they can just have a better sense of rapport throughout the recording. So those recordings, even if they aren't going to be, you know, released publicly, can be repurposed into videos. And we find that the best way is to find something where, you know, generally it's the guests that are saying things that are insightful. A good host asks questions and leads the conversation and doesn't try to steal the show for the most part. Uh, So generally it's the guests. By the way, I want everybody paying attention to me. (laughs) Oh, is that bad? So I shouldn't do that. You can do whatever you want. It's your podcast. Okay, all right. But yeah, <laughs> rule of thumb, stay away from that. But it's generally the guests who are are sharing the most insight and values in, in the host who's trying to extract those yeah. nuggets of valuable information from them. So we find the best way is, is cut those out, make it something that's applicable and, you know, actually helpful and valuable to the audience sure. that you're trying to yeah. capture the yeah. attention of. And then it's more of, you know, how you had a great time doing the episode and, you know, you wanted to thank the, the host for having you on, yep. sure, you know, sure. it is still going to be promotional and people are going to see that you're, you're putting this out there because you want to grow your personal brand and also your company's brand and, and things like that. But if it's done in a way that's not 
hey, look at me. I was on a podcast and I was awesome on it. And, and look at this thing that I said, but more yeah. of a, you know, I really enjoyed doing this podcast with Tim. I'm honored that he had me on. Yeah. We talked about a lot of things related to podcast marketing, especially the things that hosts are really looking for when you are pitching yourself to yeah. the guest. Here's a clip for more and listen to the whole episode if it sounds yeah. intriguing and find awesome. out more. So, so, well, well, you know, we don't need this to be sort of a desperate, explicit pitch on your part, but like, tell me, why should I outsource this? Why should I outsource, you know, podcast booking to somebody like Legendary Podcasts? So a lot of people, despite knowing this information and reading it dozens of times, will still do their outreach to podcast hosts just talking about themselves and how much they, they want to be on the podcast. Besides that, there's a lot of infrastructure related things that go into sending out any type of outreach campaign, you know, getting your email account set up correctly, getting your things authenticated so that your messages actually deliver to the inbox, yeah. managing the back and forth between actually setting up things on your calendar. Cause if you think you're going to send out a message to a podcast host and say, Hey, I'd love to be on the podcast. Here's my Calendly book a time with me. It's never going to work. Right. You know, most hosts are not going to book into to your Calendly. You're going to have to go through either a formal application process if it's a larger show, yeah. or you're just going to need to follow their booking process sure. so they can get you in and yeah. on the calendar and get you the right links sent out, as well as, you know, just knowing which sort of shows accept guests on. You can do a lot of yeah. research into shows and not even know that they're booked out for six months in advance, right. whereas podcast agencies generally know which podcasts are accepting guests, which ones are. That's a great point. Yeah. And also, I suppose, you know, the longer a podcast agency is alive, you know, inevitably, there are people that you work with better than others. So you develop friends and relationships. And, you know, every once in a while, you can, you know, slip the maitre d of 20 and get a better table, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's actually the, the primary way that we do things. We have three ways of booking our customers on. Yeah. One is through the maintain, uh, relationships that we maintain with hosts. Yeah. Two is by doing direct outreach to a host that we don't have a relationship with yeah. to recommend one of our clients. And we're also constantly running campaigns to hosts just saying, who's your ideal guest and are you open to suggestions so that we can be constantly building our Rolodex of people who- yeah, and, and by the way, you know, you can put me on that list and because I'm always interested in talking to, because like one of the, mo- the reason why I started the podcast honestly, is because I love talking to interesting people because I'm pretty boring myself. So, you know, getting the chance to, to bask in the glow of others is a big part of this. And I, you know, so that's part of the reason why I started the podcast, you know, because it was, a, you know, there have, there are ancillary benefits, but the real like personal emotional benefit for me is having these conversations. Don't worry. You're already on the list. You're already on our list at least. All right. Okay. All right. Sweet. Yes. We've made it. That's awesome. Okay. So, 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 you know, you know who the podcasters are, you know how to get in touch with them and you know how to talk to them. And I assume that you also sort of help me figure out my own self so I can put the best foot forward. So, you know, in some ways you, you like, you, you shine up my, my podcast resume, right? You like, you make me an attractive, uh, an attractive guest. Yeah. So one of the things that we do, which is pretty common in this space, is uh, we create media kits for everybody. And if you're going to go at this alone, I recommend just having a media page somewhere on your site where you yeah. can point to this sort of thing. But the types of things that we like to highlight there are, you know, outside of the normal like headshot and bio and social media links and things like that, we 
do links and, you know, we show proof of past recordings, past podcast episodes that they've been on. That's one thing that really helps a podcast host know and understand that you get the process. You're not going to be difficult to work with. You're going to show up with a decent mic and you're not going to promote yourself. They can hear past evidence of you doing so. If you have any experience in public speaking, like from a stage, this is even better. Include that 100% as well. And this is also where we include our topic suggestions to the hosts, where, you know, we include the title, a suggested title that's usually not, you know, super fancy or try yeah, to be branded all, towards all, any specific all, show. All about Tim? Isn't Tim fascinating? Tim. Yes or no, of course. That's Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's all right. Good to know. So I can put together the All About Tim page. Awesome. Okay. And so I'm a podcast guest, right? And I've got to get this terrific sort of insightful opportunity to speak to an to another audience and you know i've done my share and promoted it for my host partner and you know there's a bunch of downloads but so how do i as a business builder leverage that podcast exposure in a meaningful way you know i mean obviously you just talked about how we can use that podcast exposure to get on more podcasts but like how do i what what do i do with the fact that i've been on a podcast so one of the things that people do, especially if the thing they're talking about is fairly or somewhat evergreen, is they'll continue to promote that episode far after it's been released. You know, three months down the road, cut out a new clip of it, still tag the host. You know, you want to maintain good relationships with these yeah. people because they're good people to know. That's one of the best ways. But I find that really one of the best ways is to make sure that you answer one question on the show correctly. And that is how... Like Jeopardy. Answer it with a question. So almost every podcast host before they sign off will ask you, how can people get in touch with you? And a lot of people on podcasts, I hear answering this in a suboptimal way. They answer, oh, well, just go over to our website. You can find out a lot more information about us or find me on LinkedIn and connect with me there or something like that. And I've been guilty of of this myself in the past. But the best way is actually to drive people to something it's targeted. So, okay. if you don't so, have- so let's do this right, right now. So if you guys would like to get in touch, you know, like how can people find you? So if you want to go, if you want to get in touch with us, if you want to stay in the loop with what we're doing, I recommend to go over to legendarypodcast.com slash guest. And there we have a ton of great resources for everyone to figure out exactly how they can go about this on their own. Uh, from how to purchase the, the right microphone to how to write your outreach templates in a way that are going to resonate with the, the host, as well as how to come up with topic ideas of that are going to be both interesting to the host, as well as put you in front of the right target audience. So again, that's legendarypodcast.com slash guest. That's totally free. Go there and, and download the guide that we have up and, and ready for you. Well, wasn't that just a perfect example? <laughs> so the yeah. trick to this is if you ever get caught between a rock and a hard place and you realize you've been talking about something that you're an expert at, but you don't have a landing page set up for it yet. Yes. Most podcasts take at minimum a week until they're released from the point of their rec- totally. being yep. recorded. So you've got a week to go and get that link up there on your website before people are going to start trying to go to it. So lots of people get in this scenario of, ah, oh, man, I should have done something. I didn't do it before I came on the, the podcast recording. I'm just going to tell them to go to my LinkedIn. But that's, you know, that's a totally wasted opportunity. LinkedIn.com forward slash 
IN forward slash Tim Kilroy, like that's a lot. It's also a bad user experience as well, because, you know, you got to tell people to go and type in your name. My name is not super easy for people to spell, especially my last name. Right there, and, the other, with a silent Q, that's, that is a killer <laughs> right in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah. And one other thing that's, that's good to keep in mind is don't overcomplicate your, your URLs because podcasts are inherently not clickable. So yep. you need to be able to speak out your URL clearly. It needs to be able to re be remembered easily and typed in by hand easily. So don't make it with too many dashes or things that people could get a 404 on, make it something very simple, such as legendarypodcast.com slash guest and super simple. Now you're going to ideally want to have something on there that helps people build upon what you've talked about on that episode. So lots of people come on the podcast and give away a ton of secrets yeah. They can't give you everything in, you know, 40 minutes or, you know, even an hour is, is too little. So provide the audience with something that helps them actually do something with that information. And you can either put it behind an email opt-in mm -hmm. or you can put a Facebook pixel right on the, the page or LinkedIn pixel. Sure. Be retargeting people who land on the page or you could do both. So you grab the emails of people who want to sign up yeah. for it or you retarget the people who don't. And that allows you to stay top of mind with people while having done nothing but share valuable information with them and then give them something as a free gift to go along their way and actually start implementing the things that you talked about. Now, like with anything in marketing and in the agency space, some people are going to take it, run with it and do awesome with it. And some people are going to go, this is great, but I'm not doing this. Like I don't have any time. And then they come back around and you start having a lot of conversations with people about how I can hire you to do the thing that you just talked about and right, recommend you, that they do themselves. Right, you tell them what to do, not how to do it. Right? Yeah. Like, well, I tell people how to do like, things. But. Like, like you just, well, you just said a bunch of like fancy stuff. So you put up like, you know, you, like, you know, you gate it behind, a, you know, an email pop up and you put the Facebook pixel on there. And that assumes that as a marketer, like I have full ability to actually, you know, deploy a pop up understand how to set the events on the Facebook pixel, run a retargeting campaign. Like, so you just gave me a bunch of stuff that all those words make sense to me, but am I likely to do it? I don't know. Right. You know, so that's why, you know, so that's why service like services exist in order to do the stuff that you don't want to do. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I've cool. so many services of things that I just don't want to do both professionally and personally. Yeah. You know, like Instacart. Hello. You know, that's no, like, who wants to go to the grocery store? Cooking, cleaning. I don't like doing any of it. Yeah. My wife is a personal chef. So totally 153% hire your local personal chef. Those people are awesome. Yep. All right. Anyways. All right. So we are running out of time here because um, honest to goodness, I have to go to a meeting, but before we leave, so we went through the, how to get in touch with you, it, you know, is, can you give me one tip? To, to being an awesome podcast guest and give me one tip on being an awesome podcast host. I know you've, you've already given us some, but you know, if there's, if like the, the cardinal rules here. Sure. So I think for the podcast guests and it's something that I, I've kept saying is, is what's in it for them and not just for the host, but the audience as well. Because if you come on the podcast with just a self-serving attitude of, I'm going to tell my story and I hope that it, people want to hire us afterwards. Yeah. That sometimes 
bleeds through and it's, it's obvious when you're listening to the episodes. So I always recommend for people to lead with, with value first, lead with their best advice and, you know, be an open book. That's what, you know, is going to make you stand out to people and tell stories because those, you know, you stand out by being an open book and you stick in people's minds by relating it back to a story that they can relate to because human nature, you know, we want to feel like we're part of a story or something revolving around us for the hosts, especially for new hosts, let your guests talk, you know, actually let them be the experts. You are simply there to extract nuggets of information out of them. It can be very difficult for a host who is a domain expert in the thing that they're interviewing their, their guest about to not jump in with their own expertise. And sometimes it's very helpful to say, Oh, I know a little bit about this and like throw in some experience, but people are there for you to facilitate great conversations and extract that information from your guests. And if you want to be the guy who's talking to them, do a solo episode every once in a while and share your best. Absolutely. You know, Johnny Carson, well, I'm showing my age. Nobody knows who Johnny Carson is. (laughs) Or, or, you know, Jimmy Fallon, he mostly does the monologue and then shuts up and lets the guests. So, yeah. All right, everybody. This has been Dana Lindahl from, legendary podcasts and you can learn more about him and his services and how to be an awesome podcast host and guest at legendarypodcasts.com forward slash guest right yeah that's yeah you gotta as i was listening that's that's good all right so hey dana thank you so much it's been a really fun conversation you know and you know as a matter of, of full disclosure by the way i am a client of dana's so you know that's so that's how we met because I heard about this service and thought like, holy guacamole, that is for me because I have zero time and I believe in the, you know, in, in getting in front of other people's audiences, you know, because I just want to talk about me all the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm very fascinating, but thank you so much. And I'm really glad we had this chat and, and, you know, I'm psyched that people like you exist because podcasts are such a sort of a gorgeously intimate experience in a increasingly unintimate world. I agree hundred percent. And I really enjoyed sharing all this with, with your audience and really appreciate you having me on. Cool. Hey, thanks, Anna. Have a great day. You too. All right. Hey, it's Tim. Thanks for tuning into the Kilroy Report. Your support means a lot. If you liked this episode, hated this episode, whatever, please leave your feedback at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you do that sort of thing. And if you're one of the brilliant people who love this, think about subscribing. It'll do you good. 